Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Warning, the following podcast contains language that is, at once, both juvenile and adult. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, Blue Apron, and by the new laxative from Cambridge, Anal Lytica. Guaranteed to get all your shit out, whether you want it or not. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, this is Jeff and Dan from the Brothers Craft Time Sharing Hour, a podcast about fine art and creative sibling rivalry. We're going to be generous and assume that Michelangelo painted God touching Adam with his finger because there just was enough room for the alternative. Though I do love the idea of a church ceiling covered in 300 million years worth of monkeys fucking. Because we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men. It's March 22nd. And this week we're going to scathe more than usual. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. New York, New York. Secret Lair, Pennsylvania. This is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, the Olten Enterprise will print all the news that's print to fit in a vagina. A comedian holds up a mirror during a set at a Catholic university and they're forced to blur it out. And Old Testament God will get even less likable. First, the diatribe. We were about five hours from the record last week when I heard that Stephen Hawking had died. And my first thought was that I should do a diatribe in his memory. You know, I, I had just finished writing a whole diatribe about how I couldn't think anything to write a diatribe about. And here's one of my intellectual heroes in need of a send-off. Now, I still had a bunch of shit to do at the moment, but I figured, you know, maybe I could record the diatribe late, edit it overnight or something. So I recorded the one I had just in case. And as soon as I got done recording with Eli and Heath, I sat back down to a blank page and got to work on a fitting eulogy. Now, it didn't take long before I admitted to myself that there was no way I had time to write that and record it and edit it and still get the episode out on time. But once I started writing it, I didn't feel right abandoning it. And, and look, I, I know the news cycle has already passed this by, so sorry if I'm a little late to the funeral here, but I still wanted to share it with you. See, I first became aware of Stephen Hawking the same time everybody else did, or everybody my age or older anyway. That was in 1988 when he published A Brief History of Time. My mom was homeschooling me back then, and the local paper had done a big write-up on his book, and she could tell right away that this was the weird shit that I'd be interested in. So she hands me the paper at breakfast the next day, and she's like, can you make any sense of this? Now, as if I recall correctly, the, the opening lines of the article were, why can you only remember things in the past and not events in the future? It's only a thin line that separates the questions of the brilliant from the questions of the insane. 
And that's all it took to hook my ass. So my mom bought me the book and I struggled my way from one cover to the other, confident that at some point something was going to click and it would all start making sense. Now, I'm 12 years old at the time. I'll freely admit that, no, nothing ever clicked. Hell, that book still loses me early and often three decades later. But it was the first time that I'd ever started thinking about time from the perspective of a physicist. And as much as anything else in my childhood, it opened my eyes to just how fucking cool the questions of science could be. But like everybody else, I wanted Hawking for his body more than his mind, right? I mean, I'm 12 years old. I'm this skinny kid taking an early interest in physics. So I was no stranger to getting my ass kicked. At that point in my life, admiration tended to come from things like physical intimidation, athletic achievement, and romantic prowess, all of which I lacked spectacularly. But here's this dude whose ass even I could kick, and yet people admired the hell out of him just because he was really smart. And, and I get that the hero worship went too far with Hawking. People are always comparing him to Einstein and Isaac Newton and shit. And I'll be the first to admit that those comparisons are wildly unwarranted. Uh, well, actually, I can't be the first to admit it because... Hawking admitted it way before I ever could. Uh, he was one of the most brilliant theoretical physicists of his time, but he wasn't one of the most brilliant of all time. He was a super smart dude. But the very fact that he was so profoundly disabled was the main reason we elevated him above his intellectual peers. And again, Hawking said as much repeatedly, but even admitting all that doesn't mean the admiration was misplaced. So yeah, as a kid, he had a big influence on me. He turned me on to interests that have stayed with me ever since. But the most profound effect he was going to have on me wouldn't come until I was all grown up and I was just starting to flirt with the A word. Right? I'd long since given up on all the major religions and all the minor ones that I knew about, but I was still wandering through that spiritual but not religious limbo, terrified to give up on the possibility of an afterlife, terrified to say out loud what I already knew to be true. And then Stephen Hawking said it for me. In an interview, I think it was in 2011, he was asked about the afterlife and he dismissed it. He said, quote, I regard the brain as a computer which will stop working when its components fail. There is no heaven or afterlife for broken down computers. That's a fairy story for people afraid of the dark. End quote. Now, here's this guy who's been teetering on the edge of death's door for 50 plus years, and he's got the balls to admit it. For five decades, he managed to reject religion's immortality, bait and switch, all these claims that you couldn't find purpose if you knew you were going to wind up nothing but dust just evaporated in this computer-generated dismissal. And, and keep in mind, this guy doesn't shoot from the hip when he's talking, right? Consider how much trouble he had to go to just to formulate that thought into a shareable stream of data. I, I, I think at that point, the only part of his body he still controlled was his cheek. So he literally had to pluck those letters out one by one by twitching his face. Not only did he have the balls to say it, but he was willing to go to a lot of trouble to make sure it was said. Now, obviously, nobody makes the switch from believer to atheist based on a quote. So I don't want to overstate the effect it had on me when I heard that, but I don't want to understate it either. You know, he wasn't the only voice I admired giving me permission to give up on the bullshit, but he was definitely one of the heavy hitters. So in his honor, no. Despite what the obituary might say, Stephen Hawking hasn't passed on. He isn't in a better place and he isn't resting in peace. He's dead. He had the guts to be dead when he was dead. And that's just one of the many things I admire him for. They're talking about your Jesus. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are two men Stormy Daniels won't admit to fucking for free, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to kiss and tell? Uh, well... Funny story, Andrew just paid for my subscription to Brazzers without even telling me about huh, it. He just yeah. paid crazy. <laughs> what are the odds? I mean, if we're counting our imaginations, I have quite the body count. Yeah. 
from my school shooting. And with the hopes that our advertisers don't listen to a single second of the show before their ad, we're going to pause for a quick word from this week's first sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hi, yeah, um, I'm here for my interview. Uh, name? God. God. Uh, no, my 10 o'clock is someone supposed to be Yahweh. Yahweh is who I'm going Oh, for. I don't actually... I, yeah, I mean, that's that's me. I, I'm God. That's another oh. name I use. Oh, why didn't you say that? Well, I'm also called God, sometimes huh. Yahweh. Sounds more like a category than a name. Can I give you that feedback? Well, no, it's, it's capitalized. It's capital Doesn't make G. it a name. Just makes you arrogant. Just FYI. Well, okay. I mean, I guess... Right. So, uh, what skills could you bring to Puzzle and the Thunderstorm Entertainment? Well, uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So, Ooh, there's that. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. We are not looking for any ends at this time. So. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have no? any useful okay. skills? Like, maybe you're good with spreadsheets? Uh, uh, I'm all-knowing. Great. Great. Maybe you could know where I can go to find a qualified applicant? Uh, yeah, definitely. ZipRecruiter.com. Huh. So, uh, so what makes them so good? ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Their innovations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Wow, one day. That sounds great. Yeah, the right candidates are out there, and ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Is that like a prophecy? No, no, it's, it's in the copy. Oh. Anyway, right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash skating. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash skating. ZipRecruiter.com slash skating. Wait, wh- why did you say it three times? I'm, I'm actually three guys. It's a whole, it's hard to explain, I'll... I see. Get to it later. Uh, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Are you Sarah Huckabee Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to be boomy. <laughs> oh, okay. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, beloved physicist, cosmologist, author, and man who Eli will not be cosplaying as at the American Atheist Convention, damn it. One vote. Stephen Hawking died just before we recorded last week, <laughs> leaving faith leaders across the nation speculating on what kind of medieval shit Satan's doing to his balls right now. With Hawking's body only cold because it was kind of cold to begin with, prominent Christians took to Twitter to dance on his grave with what I would describe as controllances, if that was a better pun. Sorry. <laughs> Do you think they like text each other and like, hey, got my he's in hell tweet out first. Got to be faster than that, Brian. Look <laughs> and ham. <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> By the way, uh, friend of the show, Hammett Meadow, went to the trouble of compiling some of the worst day of tweets, which we'll link on the show notes. But I think they're best exemplified by Texas State Representative Briscoe Kane, who <laughs> tweeted, quote. Hold on. Hold on. Let me try. Let me try. Briscoe Kane tweeted. Uh, R.I.P. Stephen Hawking. Does anyone need a cartoon gunfighter? <laughs> My name is Briscoe Kane, and that's the only job I can have. Uh, was I close? Oh, you nailed it, actually. This is the tweet before that one that I was talking about. Um, he tweeted, quote, Stephen Hawking now knows the truth about how the universe was actually made. My condolences to his family, end quote. See, until then, I wouldn't have thought a backhanded condolence was even possible. <laughs> At least he was white. 
Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, uh, someone's got a whole lot less chair pushing to do. Oh, May the Lord be with you in this difficult time. Right. That was one of them. The of course, Hellbound Cosmologist says what tokens of sympathy were far from the worst the religious voices had to say about the recently deceased atheist. And rather than focus on the most well-known, I'd like to hi highlight my nominee for the craziest. Executive editor of the conservative website PNN News and guy who's aiming for Mel Gibson and landing on Mel Torme, Mike Shoesmith, took to YouTube to explain that the only thing keeping Hawking alive in the first place were, quote, demonic forces, end quote. Like socialism? <laughs> okay, I'm picturing a hospital drama, but with demons. Damn it, I lost another. It's okay, Dr. Beelzebub. You're a good demon. Try, Nurse Zarathustra. I try. Would you like to join me in the lava pits tonight? But, Nurse Zarathustra, we work together. I don't care. Oh, Zarathustra. Watch the horns, the horns. Sorry. Yeah, like that. No, that's what I was picturing, too. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, I know this is a lot of time to spend on some YouTube wacko nobody's ever heard of, but one more quick detail about Shoesmith. He also has a theory about the timing of Hawking's death. You see, Billy Graham was pure goodness, and mm -hmm. the demonic realm needed someone on Earth to oppose him. He was like the main <laughs> enemy of Billy Graham. But but now that God rang Billy's celestial dinner bell, the demons were, that were possessing Hawking could go out for a drink or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a homophobic bigot who outlived his progressiveness is the opposite of man who selflessly changed the scientific landscape from a wheelchair on the SATs. So he's got a point, right? Like, that was a no, weird that's right, actually. That yeah, accidentally correct. <laughs> And in gay sextra, sextra, read all about it, news tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. When Barry Giles' mother passed away last week, he decided to commemorate her memory with an obituary in the local paper, the Olton Enterprise. And like all obituaries, it mentioned her still living family and their spouses, including his husband, John. However, when the piece was published, his husband's name had been removed from the piece because, oh! <laughs> you guessed it, oh! the publisher of the paper is a pastor and likes to pretend gay dudes don't exist. Fuck you! <laughs> All right, well, new game. Submitting stuff to the Olton Enterprise with secret gay stuff in it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> hidden pairs of dicks or subliminal <laughs> gay advertising. Whatever you guys could think of. A thousand Heath points if you pull it off. <laughs> I'm going to go oh, out on a limb amazing. and say, Andrew says Heath was joking just now. Don't take paradicks hiding advice from is a that, podcast. Is that, uh, I'm talking like ASCII dicks <laughs> in the text <laughs> hidden in like subtle ways. Is that illegal? Yeah. One vote until we get a firm email from Andrew. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Sneaking dicks into stuff can't be illegal. Well, like, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> a lot of people have gotten in trouble, Eli. <laughs> yeah. Time's up. <laughs> No, publisher Philip Hamilton, who looks like uh, used chewing gum could be homophobic, released a statement this week clarifying the decision, saying, quote, it is my religious conviction that a male cannot have a husband. Then who does he think that guy is standing next to him? He's <laughs> a fucking ghost. I don't see no fucking. They're just fucking right in front of him. He's like, I, do you guys see two men? I don't see anything. Who's talking? Is that the wind? Is that the wind? Stop copying me. Uh, he goes on, it is also my belief that to publish anything contrary to God's word on this issue would be to publish something in the newspaper that is not true, end quote. 
When asked if that included news about wearing mixed fibers or our divorced president, he didn't reply, <laughs> you know what I mean, just the gay part. Come on. <laughs> Stop. Stop reading the book. Meanwhile, he's like, fuck, good point, good point. Tell the art department to put Robert De Niro in blackface for that photo next to his black one. <laughs> yeah, We're going to look like it is. You're doing anything with Heidi Klum, her too. <laughs> and look, this story is terrible for a variety of reasons. It's terrible that someone added to Barry and John's grief the way that they did, but it appears that Pastor Flabberton's choice <laughs> is also completely legal and they won't have much recourse. Oh. However, after consulting with our attorney, it is also entirely legal for me to challenge Philip Hamilton to a fight. So, <laughs> Philip, if you're listening... And we know you're listening. Yeah, big guy, big fan. Uh, I'd like to cordially invite you to lose a fist fight to us as a cast, preferably <laughs> in front of Barry and John. We could do some light refreshments to follow. Also, huh? also, I challenge you to a gay fuck, Philip. I bet you're too scared. <laughs> I'll show Wait, you if fall a on the man sword can have a us, husband. Noah. <laughs> I've seen his wife. I Googled imaged. He's going to call you. <laughs> oh, God. She looks like him in a wig. She could be him in a wig. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> she might be a nice person. She married him, so no, but like, she, I, she looks like him in a wig. <laughs> and in sliding into third base news, the Kansas City Royals baseball franchise would very much like to go back to the good old days when. Nobody gave a fuck about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's going to be tricky ever since they decided to take a strong anti-pornography stance earlier this what? month and hosted a dangers of porn seminar for the team <laughs> along with the help of an anti-porn activist group called Fight the New Drug. Why? Do, I, I, do baseball games last longer if you think about fucking? <laughs> they do not. Uh, trick question, Noah. It's physically impossible for baseball games to last any longer than they currently do. Withdrawn. Question withdrawn. <laughs> yeah, so according to Fight the New Drug, they're not a religious organization. Only one they're of the many a, lies yeah. they tell. Yeah. Apparently, they're one of those Salt Lake City-based anti-pornography charities founded by four Mormon guys that has nothing to do with the Mormon church at all. So that's a relief. They're just one of those all-inclusive, secular, non-profits using the slogan, porn kills love on all their stuff. <laughs> I feel like asking my wife to do all that shit would kill it a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Royals organization could not be happier with the work they did. According to the team's GM, Dayton Moore, this is actually uh, a women's issue. I don't know if you guys knew. Uh, it's you know, considering how porn leads to domestic abuse of women, it's a women's issue. And nope. No. Nope. That's not how it works. Which means Dayton Moore's team, that's apparently full of violent assholes, just got zero help with their terrible problems because porn yeah. has nothing to do with that. Oh, fucking women's. Well, yeah, nobody's demonstrated their concern for women's issues more than the Mormons once removed. <laughs> right. And, and we should point out, in case you haven't heard of Fight the New Drug, this is just one of the many lies that they propagate about porn. Like, they also say that it literally shrinks yes. your brain, <laughs> yes. uh, that it makes you a rapist, and they have funded not one, but a series of movies that have lied about and then doxed adult film performers. Oh. Yeah, they're the Project Veritas of not touching your bits. They're great. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, in closing, fuck you. Right. Fuck the Royals for doing this and fuck that activist group for existing. 
and for their stupid name and their stupid fucking face. Fight the new drug. <laughs> Fuck you. Although I will admit there's a great TV commercial that needs to get made. You show the frying pan on the stove like this is your brain. <laughs> you come in the pan. <laughs> this is your brain on porn. Scrambled come. Any questions? But uh, instead of doing anything creative like that, the group goes to company events to prevent orgasms and destroy happiness. Jesus. Oh, I got Fucking one. Idiots. How about just say. <laughs> also pay for your porn. No. And in the- <laughs> Andrew pays for it. <laughs> and in the come before the storm news tonight. Head of the Family Research Council and personified boredom and spectacles, Tony Perkins, is about sick and damn tired of the way liberal people are always so concerned about who other people are fucking. The leader of the anti-gay, anti-trans, anti-unmarried cohabitation, (laughs) anti-oral sex, anti-condom hate group took to the radio to deliver his message of sexual indifference last week when otherwise tolerant liberals started having issues with who paid off what porn star suddenly. (laughs) I'd love to isolate this variable and just watch how Christian people respond as we keep changing the person Trump's having the affair with. Right. Apparently Stormy Daniels is fine and like, okay, now it's a black lady. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Okay, back to white lady. Sorry. Now it's a man. Rabble, rabble. Back to white lady. Now it's a child. Nobody? Is she pregnant? I have questions first. I don't understand. No, you should not have questions. At this point, Christians are just like the roadrunner running into the black hole they painted by the things Trump said. And I'm like, yeah, but you spent the last 20 years hit by a train. Hit by a train. That's all. Yeah. 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 So Perkins, who apparently thought he might be able to smother hypocrisy with yet greater hypocrisy, pointed out that liberals are only interested in the illegal use of presidential campaign funds so that a porn star the president fucked wouldn't show anybody the pictures because they want to, quote, shame evangelicals for their political participation, (laughs) end quote. I mean, what else about this mundane series of events could have drawn our attention? Yeah. Tell you what, Donald. Tax rich people again, give us a budget surplus and uh, stop agreeing with Nazis and we're cool with the affair. We're going to let that (laughs) all go. Uh, Still going to talk about the bribery using campaign money, but, you know, that's a federal crime. We're (laughs) going to let the like affair. The affair is the thing I care least about. Barack Obama could come back and begin each day by fucking his way from one end of a swimming pool filled with porn stars to the other. Right. And it would be delightful. I'd pay per view that shit. Don't forget the edges, Barack. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So Perkins went on to say some weird shit about Christians being salt in the light or something. What? Your guess is as good as mine, maybe okay, better. Wait. So the, you throw the salt over your shoulder. I don't. <laughs> and if that's, like you that. that's how you blind the light. You throw the into the light. Yeah, like, right, right. Then you draw dark. your gun while it's recovering. I don't know. Pass but the rainbow. Salt. Dave Dobinman. <laughs> then he dismissed this as though paying off porn stars with undeclared in-kind contribution ranks relatively low on the scale of presidential indiscretion by saying, quote, if Trump were to engage in behavior like Bill Clinton, we're out of here, end quote. And I get that. There's no definitive evidence Trump fucked Stormy Daniels with a cigar. (laughs) It's a reasonable place to draw the line. Okay, but we've also got a Playboy model coming out of the woodwork right now. So, you know, Tony, you're running out of time to, quote, get out of here. Yeah, (laughs) The cigar is your line. It's a Cuban issue. It's about economics. (laughs) It's about an embargo. We're trying to do something here. Trying to make a point. It's about the use of cylinders. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we stand. And in Jesus Take the Squeal News tonight, 
It's Supernatural is a weekly Christian show hosted by Sid Roth that interviews people who have been visited by God. It plays on Daystar, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and the Discovery Channel, because why the fuck not? <laughs> well, sure, but I bet their much larger audience than ours is less... something. Are we switching? Because I'll switch mid-program, Mr. Illusion. You say the word, I'm switching over. Let me tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. I got a whole I got alternate headlines I write every week, just in case. No. So... This show, It's Supernatural, is an absolute font of loose noodle caboodle. But perhaps there's never been so great a guest as this past week's. Kevin Zadi claims he died during a dental procedure, went to hell, <laughs> prayed <laughs> himself out, went to heaven, and then returned to earth to be taught soprano saxophone by Jesus Christ himself. Fucking what? <laughs> Wow, Lord and Savior. This is so exciting. But soprano sax? <laughs> soprano? Can't you teach me like tenor instead? It's a little... Or guitar? Or <laughs> piano? Every fucking time. No, you know what? Triangle. This is what you get. It's every time. I always show up with this. Jesus. Even their lies are lame. Fucking Christian Peter Parker would get bit by a radioactive spider and get melanoma. <laughs> <laughs> now, look. I know I don't ask you a lot of favors as an audience, but do yourself a favor this week. Check the show notes of this episode and watch the reenactment video clip from the show. It's amazing. I will never give you a greater gift than the ability to watch two actors reenact this scene. I will never need to report on another story again. I should be able to replace all my headlines on this show from this day forth with, remember a few weeks ago when that guy said he learned sax from Jesus and I sent you a video? But <laughs> for those of you who can't wait, here's a couple of quotes from his testimony. Quote, so then I woke up. He was standing there and he had this saxophone in his hands and he started to play it over me. He took it away from his mouth and handed it to me and he said, you play and I go, Lord, I can't play like that. He said, that's because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> what? He, yep. He goes on. I put that horn that he handed me in my mouth and I blew and it was exactly like Jesus had played. <laughs> Wonder what that would be like. What that would be like. No. Arise, my son. Wow. Jesus. Yes. I have heard your prayers, and now I have brought unto you a way to praise me. Tell me the way, my lord. Here, take this soprano sax and play. Like this? No, no, you need to... Okay, a, a lip against the reed at the bottom, kind of bite down at the top, and then bring your cheeks in. You don't want to let air escape through those. Oh. Umbush. Okay. Okay, like this? No, no, you're biting the reed. Just kind of go like this, do your lip, and then lay your right there. Cool, cool. So I have questions about heaven. And I have questions about those fingers. Look, F is here, like this. Right. Like this. Right. Okay, um, it's just, why is it there? <clears throat> That's better. And in Entangled Up in Bluegrass News. The Kentucky House of Representatives voted 83 to 5 last week in favor of HB 40, which would make the final Wednesday in September of every year an official day of prayer 
for all the students in the state. They considered also adding a day of thought, but quickly realized the conflict of interest. <laughs> um, so if the bill passes through the Senate, religion will finally be legalized for kids in Kentucky, if only for one day a year. So that's exciting for them. Finally, public school students in Kentucky can take a break from their grueling academic schedule <laughs> to wish something better would happen. Yeah, yeah. I w if they all pray for church-state separation, I bet God crashes like the computer at the end of war games. Yeah! <laughs> Find out. Yeah, so according to State Representative Regina Huff, who sponsored the bill uh, and said zero true things about it, <laughs> the day of prayer is totally neutral and it's compatible with all belief systems which probably took several days of editing Muslim slurs to make it still not true. But also, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, Ms. Huff also said the event will be student-initiated and conducted, much like the end of slavery was plantation owner-initiated and conducted. So again, nope. Uh, say one true thing, Regina Huff. Too slow. Nope. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it is fully inclusive because you can always pray to Jesus not to be a Muslim anymore. Right, exactly. I want one whirling dervish kid to fuck it up. He's just smashing into stuff. I am praying. <laughs> this is our thing. <laughs> no, nope. don't make me sue you. Sorry, Todd. So uh, HP40 seems to be a workaround to deal with a problem that popped up last month when the Kentucky State Senate shot down SB48, which would have banned child marriage. Apparently, it took Kentucky lawmakers several weeks to add up all the positive and, and negative words and Realize there's still a legal way for a creepy old man to legally fuck a child. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Uh, but then they realized how much they value the sanctity of marriage. So they stuck with the legalized kid fucking and added the day of prayer, also known as a Kentucky referendum. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and while they try to pray away all the kid fucking, I guess we'll take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucid. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. It's a slut, right? It, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Misogyny. I've got an interesting quirk of human evolution for you. So with most great apes, the female's breasts only swell when they're in heat or nursing. It's a way to send a message to the potential mates that they're ready for attention. But because human babies are born so helpless and human mothers needed a guy around for a long time, even after the nursing was over, we developed permanently swollen breasts so that evolutionarily speaking, guys wouldn't leave us alone. So in the end, it turns out it's not about eternal love or passion or desire. Science has shown us the truth. It's just about the boobs. So with that in mind, I've got a boob-themed twim for you this week. We'll start off in India where Professor... Fuck, why do you misogynists always have such fucked up names? Anyway, Professor Jauhar Munavar T sparked outrage when he chastised his female students for not covering up enough of their boobs. In a comment that has since gone viral, he lamented visible cleavage and the uncontrollable sexual lust it's sure to cause, saying in part, quote, it's like a slice of a melon cut out to show how ripe the fruit is, end quote. Word of his comments came out the following day, and video of them surfaced the day after. Students have responded with widespread protest around the campus, as well as online protests featuring topless students holding watermelons, which is comforting because when I first saw the link, I just thought it was some weird new type of porn Eli was into. Turns out it was, but it's also a protest. Anyway, the next boob on our docket goes by the name of Harry Shiver, and he's a state representative from Alabama. 
And this ridiculous tit managed to accidentally get something right for all the wrong reasons last week when he came out against arming teachers to combat school shootings because a lot of teachers are women and women don't know how to gun. As he explained in an interview with AL.com, the majority of teachers in most schools are women and they're mostly scared of firearms. And as condescending as that sounds when he says it, yes, most women are scared of firearms, but it's less because of the vagina and more because of the mortality. I'd submit that if you're not scared of firearms, it's because nobody told you what they do. Anyway, that's all I've got for you this week. To be honest, I started to look for another story about boobs, but after a few minutes, it occurred to me that they're generally best in pairs. So with that, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in broken transmission news tonight, Christian, author, and high school vice principal who likes to have fun, but this has gone too far incarnate, (laughs) Nancy Piercy gave a speech at the Heritage Foundation this week to remind everybody that just because you don't know the first thing about trans identity doesn't mean you can't write a book vilifying them. Right. Or, hell, build a whole career off it. Best selling book, $60,000 on Patreon. Sorry, why am I on this side again? I would like to switch <laughs> to the bad guys. Can I switch? I would like to switch. Well, first, you got to finish that novel you've been working on. But yeah, if that sells really well, <laughs> switch. All right. Anyway, in her speech and the resulting Christian Post article about it, Piercy railed against the postmodern attack on gender because that word, postmodern, has lost all meaning and is now doublespeak for uppity faggots and their smart words. And she encouraged her listeners to build bridges with feminists to resist the transgender agenda. Wait, wait, wait. Like, build bridges out of feminists? Like, to see if they (laughs) weigh more than ducks? I don't get it. it. Yeah. So let me clarify here for those who don't speak Twitter troll. uh, Nancy is not talking about building bridges with actual feminists. Feminists support equal rights for women and trans women are women. No, she's talking about a particularly awful strain of human being known as TERFs or trans exclusionary radical feminists who, among other things, and this is real, believe that trans women are men trying to co-opt the female experience. Really? Yeah. People are doing... You know what I feel like today? Like this afternoon? I could go for some less money and more fear. (laughs) I'm switching over to female. Oh, ooh, ooh. And if you become trans, you also get that massive uptake in the likelihood of death by homicide. So, yeah, bonus. Hello. It's pretty sweet to be trans. We all know that. So, yeah. She wants to build bridges with everyone Cecil's ever hung up on for talking about George Soros. (laughs) But... She also warned her audience that trans people are coming for your kids, calling it a gay genocide and saying, uh-huh. quote, you go to trans critical websites. Many of them are oriented towards same sex people because they have gay and lesbian children who are being pressured by trans activists to go all the way and become trans. They're being told it's not enough to be gay or lesbian anymore. If you're a girl, for example, who identifies as lesbian because you're more masculine than most girls, they say, well, you need to acknowledge that you're really a boy. End what? quote. Wow. She is confused on the dimensional level. <laughs> right? Like, most women saying, hey, you're pretty tall. Seems like you should just acknowledge that you're also from the future. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on the go all the way phrasing. Right? Does she think you get like gay experience points and then level up to trans? <laughs> fireball, fireball. <laughs> and look, this is a ridiculous, easily disproved claim. But 
Did I think that guillotine that Callie Wright over at the Gaytheist Manifesto set up at her wedding was a little much? Yes, I did. But I didn't feel pressured to use it. And that's why the claim is silly. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and in oh, no, he didn't news tonight. Evangelical pastor, hollow earther, and man who grossly underestimated what he was unleashing, Gene Kim, managed to finally cross my red line last week. And I know you might be thinking, Noah, don't you live on the far side of your red line? But no. <laughs> up until now, this has all been yellow line rage, but Kim managed to kick it up a notch when he turned his religious bat shittery against the noblest of all the creatures, the Felis Catus, also known as the cat. I, they, they, they don't have a good that's obviously cat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. You're going to get it now, incredible Kimmy full of Schmidt. That's right. So Kim presented his argument, which takes advantage of biblical prophecy and the fact that you're legally allowed to draw lines between any two things you've written on a whiteboard in a Told YouTube you. <laughs> in a YouTube video <laughs> that seeks to capture the essence of Time Cube without being derivative. Uh, he says, <laughs> "No, I'd love to explain the argument here, but it's not the kind of thing that lends itself to explanation. But suffice <laughs> to say, he concludes by saying that the Bible is a dog person and that cats are minions of the Antichrist condemned to an eternity of hellfire after death. Well, I mean, all right, being right is great and everything, hey. but between <laughs> the delightful movie about that lovely fat kid becoming a Christian rock star and now this, I don't know what to think. <laughs> Two votes. There's a theme to this episode. Two <laughs> votes. Uh, also, is Cat Hell just a bunch of vacuum cleaners and two-year-olds who pet too hard? Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. <laughs> All right. Now, Kim, you and me, buddy, eye to eye here. Let me be super clear on this. My cats are the sweetest, most lovable, most docile animals to ever contain DNA. And if you say otherwise, they will scratch out your fucking eyes and eat them. Well, actually, they won't because they're too fucking lazy. So I'd have to scratch out your eyes and then I'd have to put them in their bowl with enough other eyes so they couldn't see the bottom of the bowl. And I'd have to shake it until they <laughs> scrape their lethargic asses off the comforter to come up to the food. Did you, anyway, that's a big pain in the ass. So you're safe for now. But still, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's weird when you go to Noah's house and he hides under the bed hissing while the cats greet you. I mean, it's, it's a weird change. <laughs> and finally tonight. The Cinderella of the Sweet 16 at this year's NCAA basketball tournament, Loyola University Chicago, made some non-sport headlines as well last weekend after they shut down the microphone during a stand-up comedy show by Hannibal Burris at their Gentile Arena on St. Patty's Day. So, first of all, yes, their venue is basically called Not a Jew Arena, but we're going to push past that. Uh, so Burris started to tell a joke about the Sweet 16 that was unrelated to basketball, and the audio went out real fast. Well, yeah, but in, in Loyola's defense, Bill Cosby's lawyer just follows him around with an EMP at this point. Yeah. <laughs> also, he gets into punchlines super slowly. I feel like he's easier to cut off than Bill Burr. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Burris started the set by turning on a projector and showing everyone the email he got from the school with their standard list of content restrictions, including one rule that said the artist can't have any material about rape, sexual assault, race, sexual orientation, or gender. And then Burris started saying a word that started with the letter P, and some administrator dove across the sound booth and pulled the plug. He correctly guessed which P word it was going to be, at which point Burris just started talking really loud but was immediately drowned out when a marching band of priests rappelled down from the ceiling and started playing at full volume. <laughs> right, at which point Burress started performing in ASL only to have his hands severed at the wrist by sharpened throne crucifixes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they were ready. They had a whole lot of backup plans. Okay, so just to be clear, the university was absolutely well within their rights to cut the mic. They're just assholes, but they're allowed to do that. Burris was in the middle of a joke that directly violated the terms of their performance contract. And again, he had the contract projected on the screen yeah. at the time, showing everyone the exact wording of the agreement he was about to break. But I think there's a larger point here. If your organization needs rules that say no jokes about pedophiles because that makes us look bad, <laughs> it's already too late. Yeah, you get, well, it doesn't help. I mean, is it? Because that's number four, eight, and 16 on the whiteboard. Yeah, I need to be reminded every four or I forget. Yeah. <laughs> also already too late. Yeah, so... In terms of my normal level of sympathy for the plight of Catholic universities, <laughs> um, that starts at zero. Yeah. <laughs> and yet somehow Loyola managed to lower that number. I gave no fucks and now it's negative. I'm taking fucks about this. <laughs> they're, they're worried about the topic of sexual assault coming up and they invited a comedian who's famous for his routine about Bill Cosby, a routine that reminded the world about decades and decades of rape accusations. I, I, I hate to use the phrase... You asked for it in this context, but they fucking asked for it. <laughs> Look how they were dressed. They, they might as well invite the cast of Spotlight to do a stage show of the movie, but without the pedophile stuff. <laughs> Just like, come on, do that scene where they all get Chinese food and they're tired. Just no talk. It'll be great. <laughs> it's going to be fun. All right. Well, now that Eli's turncoat ass has a script to start cobbling together, I guess we'll close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Jumanji, nope, not going to say that. And when, nope. <laughs> when we come back, there will be light. All right, you guys ready to go for the intro? Yep. All right. <clears throat> it's Thursday. It's March 22nd. And this week we're going to scathe more e than e usual. Eli, what are you doing? Uh, The intro. Are you eating? No, not now. No. Uh, Eli, what did we say about actively eating during the record? Okay, sorry, guys, but my Chinese food was running late, and that got me depressed, so I started eating my spare in case I get depressed Chinese food, and it took a while to heat up, um, and so I was... Okay, Eli, why don't you just cook delicious meals at home? Uh, well, I'd love to, Heath, but I live in a gentrified neighborhood in Manhattan, so they replaced all the grocery stores with artisanal, handcrafted, gluten-free furniture stores, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, poor people can't live here anymore, but it also then, means that I can... Then why not just try Blue Apron? Blue Apron? What's that? You mean after the first 300 ads, it hasn't sunk in? Okay, I'm prompting the copy, Noah. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Heath. What is Blue Apron? Blue Apron is the leading meal kit delivery service in the United States. They offer fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step -step recipes right to your door. It can be cooked in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season, and it's designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. Huh. Is it any good? Are you kidding me? I eat Blue Apron all the time. And instead of eating the same boring burgers I used to cook, I'm eating stuff like quick bucatini with broccoli and pecorino cheese or Italian-style shrimp and sweet pepper. It's good stuff. Wow. That sounds delicious. It is. And they offer 12 new recipes every week. So you've always got new stuff to try. Plus, you can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what fits your schedule. All right, I'm sold. How do I sign up? Well, Blue Apron is treating scathing atheist listeners to $30 off their first order if you visit blueapron.com slash scathing. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off at blueapron.com 
slash scathing. Wow. Blue Apron sounds like the better way to cook. That is my line. That's sorry. Say that there. Sorry. Okay. All right. So can we do the intro now? Yeah. Give me 10 minutes. My Chinese food just got here. Have a project, an Etsy, a shop, or a novel that you wrote, or any other businesses that you'd like to promote. You can buy yourself an ad on Scathing Skeptocrat or Gam and help to sponsor an episode to keep these shows afloat. Promote your stuff with Trump Tile Teller and Sarah Huckabee. Or inside out, little girl, or cooking ramen with heath. The pug of pegacorns can tag along. I can write you your very own song by helping us with one of the shows. You're helping us to keep them free. If you'd like to become a sponsor, email us at godawfulmovies at gmail.com for more information. Again, that's godawfulmovies at gmail.com. And remember... If you sponsor our show, you might just get some garlic bread. Garlic bread not included. Obviously, all of us here at Puzzle and a Thunderstorm Entertainment were relieved beyond belief when we finally finished the Book of Mormon, but perhaps the most relieved was our editor, Morgan Clark. You see, along with the Book of Mormon, we did a very popular segment called Mormon Peace Theater, and as fun as that was for us, it required a lot more editing work than most of our segments. So with Morgan's relief in mind, we'd like to present a brand new segment that we call Bible Peace Theater. Okay, guys, Bible Peace Theater Genesis. Here we go. I can't believe you guys talked me into this shit. I mean, you knocked over the stick that held up the box. There were cigarettes under there. Okay, people, focus, focus. We're tackling Old Testament God here. We got to pick just the right voice or this isn't going to work. Oh, are we not just doing that like boomy voice thing? Yeah, we just, we just did that in the ad. I want to do something new. Boomy voice was just fine before he came along. Whatever. Oh, I'm sorry. He? Do you mean me? Do you mean me? Doxing. Do- Lucinda, he's doxing me. We said no doing that. Eli, don't dox he. People. He started. Old Testament God. We need a character here. Right. Right, sorry. Um, what about Seth Andrews? Ooh, uh, too nice. I'd be rooting for God. Mm. David Michael? I think he's dead. Is he? I think so. Yes, yes, I think so. All right, how about Callie? That would piss off people on the right. Oh, that's so good. But she's getting married this week. Plus, I'd still be rooting for God. So that seems... Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think we need like a character, right? Uh, okay. How about Inside Out Little Girl? No, no, it wouldn't. The sexism wouldn't work. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Old Testament God's an asshole. Uh, maybe Crunch Biggins? Mm. Mm, too smart. We need a stupid asshole. Right, but powerful. Right, mm. but but not that powerful. He's got to be somebody like, you know, that can constantly lose bets and get angry and change his mind and make weird declarations for no reason. Right. Tyler, Tyler, get in here. Uh, yes, Mr. Tr- I, I mean, God creator of the universe. What can I do for you? There he is, my favorite angel. Tyler, tallest of all the angels. The I'm first and the, foremost. I'm my- the exact same height as all the other angels. We're all identical. Also, my name's not really This guy, Ty- always with the jokes. Okay, so I'm ready. 
to make the universe and it's going to be the most biggest, beautiful universe you've ever seen. It's going to be perfect in every way, shape and form. So there's no question I made it. That's a great idea, sir. I got to tell you, I was a little worried that you'd make the vast majority of it uninhabitable so that it would be startlingly obvious it wasn't created. I know. Why would I do that? That's a silly thing. No, ridiculous. I don't even know why it occurred to me. Okay, so the first thing we're going to need is heaven and earth. You mean where we're standing right right now? Yeah, but also like the sky. Okay, and the earth. The, the planet, right? Like the planet earth? What else could I mean? One of the other 10 to the 24th power of planets? No, no, no. I mean my favorite, the only one Got, that I care about. Yeah. Got it. Okay, okay. And you want me to create those all at the same time? Yeah, exactly. Exact same time. Great. Okay, so one will not obviously be vastly older than the others by billions and billions of years? No. You keep asking questions like that, Tyler. I don't understand what the... Right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? Good work. I'm going to move upon the face of the waters. You're going to what? You know, take a little spin. I earned it. You haven't even created water yet. If you need anything, ask Sarah. Well, then just make it look a couple billion years older than the Earth. Yes. Wow. Wow, really? That much of it needs to be a void, huh? He is not going to like those numbers, Tim. Oh, sorry. Hold on one sec. You wanted to see me? Hi. Yeah, Sarah. Thanks for coming in. I I see you chose not to wear your angel robe. Yeah. Yeah. Got barbecue sauce on my only one. Cool. You look like someone stapled fried eggs on Jerry Reynolds. It was chicken. I was eating barbecue chicken. What were you saying? Uh, so God is uh, moving over the face of the waters. Uh, allegedly. No, he just is. And and I thought we might, you know, get ahead on some of his plans for the first day. He he, he said he left his notes with you. He did. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear it because I got to tell you, the heavens have turned out to be a real mess of completely not existing and being a tremendous percentage vacuum. And, and Earth has these ice things I cannot get rid of, like like these huge ice things. Uh, maybe someone will take care of those. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a good thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, uh, what's he got for day one? Okay, uh, day one, he's got in his notes, I hear you. It's always good to remember. And uh, also, uh, he's got let there be light. Light. You mean the photony, bouncy offy? Wave particle yep, thing? Yep. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. But but he hasn't made any of the light-producing things yet, like suns or stars. No, uh says here he's going to do that tomorrow, right after the uh, the firmament. Jesus Christ, this is going to take a while. Okay, did you have a good swim, sir? I wore my water wings in the deep end, but in the shallow end, I didn't. I just, what did we I say just, about that? I don't have to listen to you, I'm God. Okay, right, sir. So about this light. Oh, yeah, I absolutely love it. So here's the deal. We're going to have light, and then everything that isn't that is going to be darkness. And when it's light, it's day. And when it's not, it's night. Okay, but but when it's light, where? You know, around. I hate you. Okay, pretty good work today, everyone. Let's pick this up tomorrow. What the fuck is tomorrow? It's in the bones. It's the stuff in the bones. Okay, day two. How'd you sleep, TIE Fighter? For an indiscernible amount of time since you separated photons from not and then named them with no demarcation. I sleep upside down. Ooh, like a bat. What's a bat? 
I'm a, it's a bird I'm making later this week. Anyway, today is all about firmament. I actually took that for weight loss. It did not work. No, 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 no. This stuff separates the upper and lower waters. What? The upper and lower waters? Yeah, you know, so I can hide the spooky fish down at the bottom. Sure. And we'll call it heaven. I thought this was heaven. And also, didn't you also make the heavens? Oh, I'm going to make a bunch of them. The seventh one, Mackenzie Roseman, going to steal your heart. Going to steal your heart, Dino. boy, will she. The T-bone thing in the last season? Yeah, yeah, that show, that show gets weird. It sure does. They run out of ideas. Sir, sir, the firmament. Right. So that's good for the day. Everyone, meet up tomorrow. But you explain nothing. I understood it. Two votes. Perfect. See you guys tomorrow. Okay, but like, has she said anything about me? Oh, well, you know Hope. She she needs time to heal. I just don't want there to be bad blood, and I'm God, and I don't Okay, want to sir. Day three. I uh, would really love to dig in today. Maybe get some stuff done. Right. We'll talk about this later. I'm here for you. Thank you. You know. Thank you. Okay, Tyler, Thai food, let's do it. First of all, let's put all the water in one place so that dry land can appear. One place? Yeah. By one place, do you mean covering 70% of the planet with countless other waterways running throughout the land, not including the water cycle itself? Yes. And we're going to call the dry land. Get wait, ready wait, for uh, it. You, you can use literally any sound except heaven, which you've already used twice, and earth, which you've already created. Earth. I love it. Oh. Great idea. Tie Great fire. name. Great name. These, these things it. just come to me. I don't no, know how. They don't. Can they hear me? I can hear me. And the water places are going to be called. Please don't say heaven. Please don't say heaven. Please don't say heaven. The seas. Oh, thank God. You're welcome. Also, let's throw some grass on there. Herb yielding seeds and fruit trees, you know. All right. All right. We're on a roll. I got to say. Okay, that's good for today. Let's pick this up tomorrow. Damn it. Denny's? You know it. Yes. Moon's over my hammy. Triple slam. Okay. Day four. He's a good kid. I told him, Jared, put the Book of Mormon wherever you want. Nobody's going to believe that shit, but it's up to you, right? Oh, Jared. Okay, guys, day four. Right, sorry, Tyler. Here we go. I need some lights in the firmament. You know, point the way, tell the seasons, give boring people an excuse to make small talk. Okay, stars, check. I'm the bull. You're a Taurus? What's a Taurus? Never mind. Okay, got the stars, sir. Okay, also, I want one big light for day and one big light for night. Yeah, no, I I spoke to the tech guys, and I can give you one star and one moon, but they need to be a star and a moon. I can't give you just two random floating lights. That's fine, that's fine. No need to be more specific. Also, I want some stars. Okay, but the lights are the stars. I I already said... Exactly, exactly. Well, just make sure... (laughs) Just make sure they can fall out of the sky in a couple thousand years. What? Spoilers. Oh my god, it's so good! What I don't is know this? <laughs> Never mind. We'll, we'll get into it later. No, seriously. No, you know what? Let's take a break and do some more tomorrow. Oh my god, really? Day five. Ready to get to work? What? Oh, sorry. I was up all night, sir. The, the whole firmament thing is not... Going to work out. Blah, 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 whatever. I'm totally past that. Today, I'm going <laughs> buck wild. Blah, blah, blah. Classic. Got him. Today, I want animals. Uh, birds, 
water creatures. Are you writing this down? Uh, whales and all the other animals. Weird that you would single out whales there. Right. And best of all, I want one last animal that looks just like me. Uh, hey, Todd, I'm going to need a lot more of that bright orange paint that we okay, talked well, about. Uh, no, wait, wait. Not just like me. Uh, I want to make a man and also woman. They're going to be in charge of everything. The animals, the plants, everything. It's going to be great. They're so in charge of the great. whole thing. Yeah. But, sir, I, I was looking over the plans for those things. They... Those things get cancer, they murder each other, they rape each other. Allegedly. No, they really do. They do, they just destroy and kill and do horrible things for a huge percentage of their history. Maybe you make it so that they don't do that. No, no. The killing and the raping has to say, someone has to be doing the raping. But why? Okay, hear me out. So that later, when they love me, they mean it. They got to mean it. I really want but, them to mean it. But, but sir, I love you and, and Sarah loves you. I do love you. Yep. Is, it, is it really worth it to have all these terrible things happen just so that a very small percentage of the ones who chose to love you mean it despite all the evidence? Yes. You know what? I quit. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. You quit. Tyler, you can't quit. I'm God, and you're well, one yeah, of my... Well, age. you're a shitty God, and I'm going to fuck up your humans. <gasps> Lucifer, Bethesda, Tyler. Oh, full name. You're in trouble now. Yeah, Lucifer, if you walk out of this heaven, you are finished, you hear me? I'm going to tweet such mean things about you in this book I'm writing. You're going to see it, and you, do you it. know what? Do it. Everyone what who do I care? I don't care. Wow. This is, this is awkward. Yeah, well, good riddance. That guy was nothing but trouble. Uh, what about tomorrow? What's going on tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow. You know what? I'm going to take the day off. Anyway, I am just, I am pooped. TGI Fridays? Oh, well, I am sure as fuck not working tomorrow. I'll go get my robe. You do that. And on as close to a twist ending as we'll ever be able to pull off on this show, we'll leave the story there, but we've got a fuck ton more absurdity to point out, so we'll see you next time on Bible Peace Theater. Before we recede into the played episodes portion of your podcatcher, we want to remind you one more time to submit your failed Easter card on our Facebook page for a chance to win our undying praise and admiration. Find all the details by following the link on the show notes. Also, if you're going to be near Oklahoma City next weekend, don't forget to come and see us at the American Atheist National Convention. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's hot friend God Awful Movies debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show Citation Nita debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, so I couldn't exactly call myself the host if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for all the heathens he's wrought. I need to thank Lucinda Lusions for all the delusions she's loosened. And I need to thank Eli Bosnick for all the snakes he's Eli bowed. I also want to thank Jeff and Dan from the Brothers Craft Time Sharing Hour podcast for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. Incidentally, if we've got any artistically inclined listeners looking for something to paint on a ceiling, I would also like to see a monkey fucking based church mural. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most dashing diploids. <gasps> 
Finger Me, Rectum, Alex, Jesse, Michael, Lee, Reverend, Bishop, Parsons, Junkhead, Jessica, Raphael, Frobnob, Schofield, Jordan, Arthur, Glenn, Lynn, Samantha, Elijah, Lori, Eli, Scabby, Thong, Melissa, Aaron, Guis, Alexander, Jason, Theron, Dragon, Brendan, Peggy, Molly, Mike, Laurel, Catherine, George, Dustin, Rhianosaurus, Joan, Daniel, Mr. Mecklor, Andy, and Peter, who are so sexy their driver's license say the unrated version under their name. Together, these 39 thankful and thorough thinkers thoughtfully thicken the threat of our theist thrashing thematics this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the incredible genitals it takes to give us money, but if your junk's up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash atheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, plus Patreon-only bonus content, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but not in a donating money sort of way, you can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, liking our Facebook page, and not telling anybody about that time you caught Eli on the porch. And speaking of catching Eli on porches, legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Doodly dudes. Um, and by the way, Morgan, <laughs> if you need some squeaky saxophone sounds, I can I can provide those for you. <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones get it done. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.